And from verse 24 to verse 33, Matthew 10, beginning with verse 24. Thank you. Matthew ten twenty six. Uh, no. Matthew ten twenty six. Fear them not, therefore. What I tell you in darkness, that speak in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that proclaim upon the housetops. Yes, they read. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father who is in heaven. All right, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Here we have the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples. And as you think of the fact that the Lord Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you think of whom he is speaking to, I think it's notable how humble, simple, friendly, tender, and sympathetic he was. Let not your heart be troubled. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his uh, friends. I don't call you servants, but I call you friends. I call you loved ones. A little while, John chapter 16, uh, you will not see me, uh, and then you'll see me uh, uh, again. You will be sorrowful, but then you will be joyful. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come, but then she's delivered of her child. 
and she remembers no more the anguish, no more the sorrow, because there is joy. A man has been born into the uh, world. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them who are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says your uh, God. Sending them out to preach uh, the message something which they had not done uh, before. Many things could happen. Many problems could come their way. Obstacles, opposition, enmity, persecution. With regard to these matters, the Lord speaks, comforts, strengthens, and says, in particular, in verse 30, that the very hairs of your head are all numbered. The hairs of your head are all uh, numbered. And I'd like to speak of this statement in particular in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30, uh, and mention four things related in some ways, to each other, four things that we might be reminded of by this statement, four things that we might see in this uh, statement. Uh, the very hairs of your head are all uh, numbered. First of all, think of the fact that God has a plan. God has an appointing God has a working, a governing, an ordering of uh, things. The hairs of your head have been numbered. The hairs of your head have been uh, numbered. In the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, several times the Bible says that uh, the Lord is the one who shows the latter end from the uh, beginning, uh, from the beginning, uh, the one whose counsel will stand and he will do all his pleasure. Known unto God are not just happenings and events as if he has a crystal ball. Acts chapter 15 and verse 18 says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning uh, of uh, the world. He is the beginning and uh, the end. He is the first and the uh, last. Uh, in Daniel chapter 4, the Lord dealt with Nebuchadnezzar, the king of uh, Babylon, to teach him that the kingdom is actually not in the hands of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, but rather the kingdom is in God's hand. It is his rule and his reign and his dominion, which is above all. They'll drive you from men. You will dwell uh, with the beasts of the field. 
you will eat grass as oxen, you'll be wet with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and he gives it to whomsoever he will. And at the end of the days, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes, his understanding returned to him, he blessed the Most High, and he confessed that his dominion is an everlasting dominion, his kingdom, from generation to generation, he does according to his will, in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no man can stay his hand. The very hairs of your, head, of your head have been numbered. There is an appointing, an ordering, a willing, a governing of God, which involves men, and it involves men in every detail. I cannot make, the Bible says, and neither can you, uh, one of our hairs to be either white or uh, black. Now, this appointing that we speak of is not done by blind fate or by some cruel and unfeeling destiny. It is done by your father. Your uh, father. Uh, verse 30 is the statement that we are considering. Before that, verse 29, one of these two sparrows who are sold for a farthing will not fall on the ground without your father. Verse 32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father. Before uh, my father. It is God who does all things, and he is our father. One of the things that that reminds us of, if you'll allow me to put it in this way, he is our father who is in heaven. He is not our grandfather who is in heaven. Uh, there's a difference between parents and grandparents, and uh, that's a difference which I think uh, we are uh, uh, aware of at various times in various ways. In the book of Hebrews, what does God do as a father? Hebrews chapter 12, and beginning with verse 7. Hebrews 12, 7. If ye endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? The father trains and disciplines. But if you be without chastisement, of which all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons? Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness, uh, of his uh, holiness. Uh, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 of the thorn in the flesh, a difficult situation, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. And three times fervently he, play, he prayed to the Lord that this matter would be taken from him, that this problem would go away. And uh, the answer was, 
my grace is sufficient for you. And he understood that uh, he needed something that would encourage him in the direction of humility, lest I be exalted through the abundance of uh, revelations. What comes my way is a plan determined by a tender and loving Heavenly Father. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of uh, the Lord. And so, we are taught to submit to uh, uh, the Lord. Jeremiah told those who were taken captive that the Lord had sent them into captivity for good. For good. And that he had a purpose and a plan that at the right time he would bring them back. He would plant them and not pluck them up. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And the Lord Jesus did not just teach others to pray thus, but prayed in this same manner himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. There is a plan and a purpose, a governing and ordering of the Lord. There is something else close to that, but perhaps different. There is a knowledge of the Lord. I was thinking of the difference between a plan and between knowledge. And I was thinking of the U.S. military entering into a place like Iraq. And I don't mean to make any kind of political comment on this country or that country and different things that uh, people might think of. I just want to say that there was a plan regarding what they would do, but it turned out not to be a very good plan because it did not include a careful and accurate knowledge of the place that they uh, were working in. The Lord has all knowledge. If nobody else existed, sometimes you have these movies uh, <laughs> of one type uh, or another where every person in the world has died except for one person. There's one person left. <laughs> there is one person uh, left of uh, the human race. Uh, if there were only one person in the whole world and that person were you and God had nothing to do, so to speak, except to think of you, to pay attention to you, 
to understand and know your situation. He couldn't know then. He couldn't know more than he knows about you now. That's what it means to be infinite in knowledge. And uh, the Bible speaks of God's knowledge. If we go back to Psalm 139, read some verses there, Mazmur Mi'i Utisautlitin, the beginning of the psalm, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You compass my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand on me. And so the Lord knows you and knows me. He knows me better than my best friend knows me. He knows me better than my parents or my children know me. He knows me better than my wife knows me. He knows me better than I know myself. The Lord knows all things. Think of how at certain times you pay special attention to a particular individual. For instance, if you have a child who is sick and one way or the other your eye is upon that child 24-7 or something uh, like that so that the least movement the least sound the smallest thing that could happen your eyes are wide open to observe, to note, to understand, to know. The Bible says that the one who keeps his people, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Uh, nor uh, sleeps. And this is not a matter which will change on God's part. At a certain time, I might be very observant and very knowledgeable concerning some individuals, but then they end up being far away, or I end up being far away. They end up being responsible for themselves, and I end up being old, and the passage of time diminishes my ability to keep an eye on them to know what is happening with them. But no such thing takes place with regard to the Lord. He is the Ancient of Days. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And without fail and without ceasing, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He knows us in all things. He knows us in, uh, uh, in all things. And if he knows us in all things, perhaps one of 
the things that we can learn from that is that we should serve him in all things. What does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians 10.31? Whether we eat, whether we drink, whatsoever we do. Do all to the glory of God. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it heartily from your hearts, as to the Lord and not unto men. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 8 says, Whatever good thing any man does, the same will he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. He knows us. He knows us in all uh, things. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have of God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. You are bought with uh, a price. The very hairs of your head are numbered. The Bible tells us also regarding his knowledge and regarding the impact that this should have on our prayers. Matthew chapter 6 verses 7 and 8 Don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Don't be like them because your father knows what things you have need of before uh, you ask. There is a plan of God. There is a knowledge of God. The very hairs of your head are numbered. There is a valuation of uh, God. Uh, there is a valuation uh, uh, of God. Different people value perhaps the same thing, sometimes in very different ways. Sometimes in very different ways. There are some people who would have looked at Peter, James, and John and said, what standing do they have in society? How much do they have saved up in the way of money? How much do they own in the way of houses and lands? Why these people are poor, simple fishermen with just a few boats and a few nets to their names. And, in typical Lebanese fashion, uh, you have a penny, you are worth a uh, penny. But a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. A man's character, a man's heart, is certainly of much greater importance, certainly of much greater value than material uh, possessions. And so people who might seem relatively simple in the world's eyes, easy to ignore, set aside, these could be the precious flock of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone has said, if you have a piece of land, if you have a farm, 
and you go ahead and you sell it, you might count the number of trees on this farm and say, as you're selling it, one of the things, that one of the features of this property is that it has 20 trees, 50 trees, 100 trees, 200, whatever it may be. But you would not be likely to count every branch and every leaf because branches and leaves are not so valuable. Suppose you were selling a jewelry store. Then you'd count every little pin because it's made of gold or silver. Because every little thing uh, is uh, valuable. The hairs of the heads of God's children are valuable in his sight. And if the hairs are valuable. What would the Lord say regarding the heads? And if the heads are valuable, what would the Lord say regarding the hearts? What would uh, the Lord say? The Lord says that these are the excellent of the earth. Psalm 16. Uh, Psalm uh, 16. Matthew 18. And verse 10, take heed that you do not despise any of these little ones. Because in heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my Father. Their angels behold the face of my Father uh, in uh, heaven. Psalm 116 and verse 15, precious in the Lord's sight is the death of his saints. Azizun fi aynayi rab maut atqiyahu. Matthew chapter 13 and verses 44 through 46, the Bible says, Matthew 13:44, again the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which when a man has found he hides, and for joy of it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking fine pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And uh, bought it. What is the value of God's children in his sight? The blood of Jesus Christ. The death of Christ upon uh, uh, the cross. Thus does the Lord value his uh, children. And so we should be comforted and strengthened. But also we should be taught to love one another even as he has loved us. To strengthen and comfort one another. To be a blessing to uh, one another. And also to seek the souls of men. 
the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. God has a plan. God has knowledge. The Lord looks upon his children, ascribing to them a particular value, a great value, and the Lord preserves and protects. The very hairs of your heads are numbered. If we think in the right way, if we think in the long run, then we would say that God's children do not suffer even the smallest loss, uh, even the uh, smallest uh, uh, loss. The Bible says he keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Now, I know that that applies to the Lord Jesus in a particular way, but I think it also applies to the uh, believer. Time came when the Lord wanted to deliver the people from the bondage in Egypt, and Pharaoh came up with all sorts of proposals. Pharaoh said, Go and sacrifice in the wilderness and then come back. And Pharaoh said at another point, Go and sacrifice in the wilderness, but leave your wives and children here in the land. And then Pharaoh said, Go and sacrifice in the wilderness, but leave your cattle. And with regard to these things which were said by Pharaoh, particularly the last one, I think, but this is expressive of what the Lord would say regarding the other ones, we will leave everyone and nothing will be left behind. There shall not a hoof be left behind. There will not be a hoof which is uh, left uh, behind. Um, when the trumpet shall sound, the Bible says, the dead will be raised incorruptible. What was lost as a result of sin, the experience of physical death, the loss of physical life, death will be swallowed up in victory. This is what uh, the Bible says. Peter was in prison. The angel came to him. He was fast uh, asleep. The angel smote him to wake him up. His chains fell off. And the angel told him, put on your shoes. Don't even leave your shoes behind. We are not going to leave even your old set of sandals 
we're not going to leave them uh, behind uh, for Herod and for uh, the uh, jailers. The very hairs of your head are uh, are uh, numbered. Uh, uh, are numbered. Uh, look at Luke chapter uh, ten and uh, and verse nineteen. It says, "Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy." And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Again, it, I think it requires a careful understanding uh, to, to uh, get what the Lord Jesus is saying here. No doubt over the years, and in great numbers, and in ways difficult to describe or even imagine, God's children have been hurt by wicked men. But that is the hurt of the body. And is this the real hurt? When God keeps the souls of his children, when God keeps the hearts of his children, when God keeps their spirits, and when God raises up the body eventually, then there is no harm. Uh, there is uh, uh, no harm. Uh, the Lord Jesus uh, spoke of uh, persecution. The very hairs of your head uh, are numbered. And then he goes on to say uh, uh, the, in verse 34, I have not come to send peace on the earth. There will be a, a sword. There will be division. There will be opposition. There will be uh, enmity. In all these things, we are more than conquerors, the Bible says in the face of uh, persecution, in the face of other uh, difficulties, accidents, as we usually think of them or uh, call them. In such things, we should not uh, be uh, afraid. Whatever we may suffer outwardly, remember, as I was saying, that's not the same as uh, true uh, harm. We should rest uh, in uh, the Lord. The Bible says a thousand will fall on this side, ten thousand on the other side. Uh, on the other side. But no good thing will he withhold from them that love him. Other difficulties may be our uh, portion. Sickness, illness, uh, weakness. God uses these things to bring maturity, blessing, understanding, depth to the spiritual lives of his children. Losing someone near and dear may be the way that God wants to teach me to trust in him and to lean upon him. Losing a child, God is better than ten sons or daughters. Losing this or that, we learn to find our sufficiency uh, in him. 
we learn to trust him. By the still waters and in the green pastures, and yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Trust him when the sea is calm. Trust him when the storm is raging, when the winds and waves are strong. Someone has said, as long as the Lord Jesus is in our boat, is in our ship, is in our vessel, then that vessel cannot sink because if he is with us and we with him as he lives, so shall we live also. As we face difficulties, it's not just a matter of gritting our teeth and surviving, but rather be filled with faith and patience and count it all joy when you fall into uh, diverse temptations, when you fall into uh, various trials, because the very hairs of your head are numbered, are numbered. God has a plan. He's not surprised by anything. Things are all worked out as far as he is concerned. He is full of knowledge. He is not ignorant or lacking in any way. This is the value which he ascribes to his children. And this is his ability to keep and to preserve. Don't fear. Because you are of more value than many sparrows. Than uh, many uh, sparrows. But this we say with regard to God's children. As for those who do not know him, they do not enjoy the same blessing they do not have this same promise. It is simply not directed to them. But rather, the Bible says, the wrath of God rests on them. But the door of salvation is open. The Lord Jesus calls us to come unto him. And he who comes unto him, he will in no wise cast out. The door of the ark was open, and it was open. And Noah, the Bible tells us, was a preacher of righteousness. The door is open for any to come to know him and to know his goodness, to know his faithfulness towards his children. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? One of them will not fall to the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Savior, 
the one who has brought us unto you through his work upon the cross, through the shedding of his blood, through bearing the penalty for our sins, he has made us his own. He has made us your own. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings which attend this sonship. We thank you, Lord, for your planning, your purposing, your appointing and governing. We thank you for your knowledge. We thank you for the value which you ascribe to your children and for your power to, to keep, to protect, to preserve. We pray that you would strengthen and comfort our hearts, that you would draw us closer unto you, that you would help us to depend upon your word and your promises, to live for you with more boldness, to witness for the truth without fear, to spread your word, for indeed you have sent us as you were sending these twelve disciples. We pray that you would send us from this place to the world around us, encouraged and strengthened by this truth that the very hairs of our heads are numbered. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.